Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to independent wrestling on television. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, joined at Hallway by Jay Gold. Jayhawk, I like that intro. It sounds good. And we're also joined by Marky. I'm also here. <laughs> I just said that. I thought I had something and then I didn't. <laughs> and well, last uh, after after you bark like a dog, you can't really top that. So. <laughs> Marcy's brand is staying the same, <laughs> so to speak. Well, if you, if I'm just saying if people want more barks, they got to pay for it. That is correct. Save that for the OF. OnlyFans.com forward slash. Oh, she's not there yet. Never mind. But okay. So we got some feedback from last week's show here before we get into anything else. Uh, we made a mistake. We got called out on it and we're going to correct our code when we get called out on the. Uh, we mentioned last week that we didn't think Dan Champion had ever won a match at. LVAC, and in fact, he has one match at the LVAC, including a singles match December 28th, 2018 at the Holiday Hangout. He defeated Chris Worthland. Um, I don't remember that, so I don't think that counts. I was going to say, that sounds made up. Are we sure about that? <laughs> is, he, is, is Big Dan just not up to his regular tricks? I, I don't know. It sounds like somebody was messing around with the Wikipedia I'm, I'm this, looking at I'm looking at Ovac Recalls right now. There's that matchup that he won. There's what year was that? 2018. I literally just kind of come to pay attention to me. God damn it! I, <laughs> I heard you. But can I, can I propose a theory? What if somehow we were all induced in sleep and we dreamed it, so we thought it happened, but I it didn't actually happen? Well, the person who wrote the results was also dreaming, so that's why they wrote it. Right. Wikipedia can be edited, so we're not. I'm not sure if that's all. You know all on the up and up above board, so to speak. I am pretty much under the assumption that Big Dan has not won a match in his career. I, I've got I've got him winning a four-way tag team match. He teamed with the board. Let's hang out 19. Gosh, shit. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't when the board's involved, you got to be like, okay, that's true. Well, that's the problem. Once you get the board involved, the, the, the purity that is the board, you know, then I have no, I, I can't, I, I have to believe it's true. Real Rumble 2020, team with the board, tag team win. Uh, I was at Real Rumble, and he lost that match when Orange Cassidy interfered. Oh, maybe that was the next day. Okay, maybe. Yeah, that, that was that was Real Rumble 2020, night one. He teamed with the board, beat Green Ant and Chris Worthless. Oh. Then it was a kick man the next night that he lost. That's correct. I think Alf beat him or something. Do you mean Puff? No, I thought Alf was in that match. I don't know. No, I think yeah. Alf was just... Alf got involved, but he wasn't officially in the match. Oh, that okay. Cost, it costs way too much to get Alf to wrestle. Like, for an appearance, <laughs> one thing. <laughs> costs a little more to get him to take more than one bump, I think. Yeah. Dan Champion was on the winning end of an eight-man tag at this year's Real Rumble. He won a few. <sighs> that just throws our Marcy and my dream out the window. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm operating on the idea of if I wasn't there, it didn't happen. I think so, too. I think I'm going to go with that. It sounds a lot more uh, uh, buttoned up, so to speak. Well, officially, I'm sure, yeah. yes, he has yeah. his wins. I do not have to recognize <laughs> them. No one can make me. No one can bully me into it. I dare any of you bully me. Why don't you? The 2020 Real Rumble show are on IWTV. We have documented proof of these matches happening. Whatever IWTV is. <laughs> Well, I do want to say uh, a congratulations, a hearty congratulations to a, a IWTV guide favorite. Bobby Orlando won the Creative Pro TV title this weekend at the Creative Pro Wildlife Show out in Melville, Long Island. 
Um, and it was uh, uh, super exciting. And I like to think that my love of Bobby Orlando kind of willed that into existence. So, you know, on a positive note, Bobby Orlando is the new TV champ. And I hope he holds he I hope long shall he reign, as they say in uh, Game of Thrones. All right. Congratulations to Bobby Orlando. Did Bobby Jr. get a belt to go with it? I think that I think Bobby, Bobby Jr. should get a belt to go with it. I, I agree. They should put some sort of strap on Bobby Jr. <laughs> Marcy. <laughs> no, no, nothing. <laughs> Anyways. Right, how was everybody weekend? And if any of you mentioned the Brown game, you're off the show. Listen, I, as a Jet fan, I am, you know, I won't happy, mention the Browns we- game. Yeah, you're happy. You're happy. You're happy. We fucked up, and we'll leave it at that. I'm, I, I look at that. I look at that game, and it's a good thing I looked over because if I've been had a couple of drinks, the defensive coordinator may not have made it out of, out of the stadium. Listen, I turned the game off. I went I, at two minutes to go. Chubb scores the touchdown. I turned the game off. I get on the elliptical, start to just like run out through the tears, and then uh, that ESPN app was blowing up. It was. I see the ball, and I see sixty-six yard touchdown. Then I see that little ball logo not move from the Browns, from the Jets back to the Browns, and it still says the Jets have possession. And I go, you got to be kidding me. And I turn on the TV, and there's that that uh, uh, onside kick. And if I might say, uh, Ronald Two Legs from uh, uh, Pod Van Dam, he sends me a little text of old Nick Chubb eating out of a bowl before the game's over. You know, you never walk in a putt and say it's in before you hear it hit the cup. So, you know, Ronald and all you Browns fans, We'll hold off before the game hits zero on the clock. Yeah, I, I, I anytime I check Twitter and I see people going, they're going to win the game. Yeah, you just jinked that motherfucker. Never do that. That's correct. As a Jet fan, I know for a fact you never say it's over till it's over. Yeah, but Chubb gets that touchdown. York makes the extra point. Any other time, if that would have been before the two minute warning, if that would have been more than two minutes left, I would have gone. They're going to fuck the cup. But I'm like, there's a minute fifty five left. Jets have no timeout. There's no fucking way they can they can fuck the game up and then whatever happened to that 50 yard path play like no one no one would near the fucking guy they're in a zone they're in zone they're not even in prevent they're just in zone they're not even in prevent and no one's near the fucking guy i i will say i feel bad for you guys i saw some unhinged rants on the twitter machine uh yesterday and today and they are next level i mean jeff fans do the same thing but the browns fans wow next level bonkers on the twitter machine well, you know what? The game didn't even pick even the thing that pissed me off the most. What pissed me off the most is that minority of Brown fans who have no goddamn self-awareness that we're the laughing stock of the NFL because of, of our fucking suspended starting quarterback that are not only not upset we have the guy on the team, but are fucking celebrating this shit. There yeah. People fucking tailgating the muni lot with a mannequin on a massage table. The mannequin got a giant heart on and it's got a kind of <laughs> happy ending for not illegal. First <laughs> off, if you pay for the happy ending, Yekka is illegal, motherfucker. <laughs> Secondly, we don't want to associate ourselves with this guy. People are calling me a scumbag because of you, motherfucker. Because I would have been a muni lot. Cooper or not, I would have punched those fuckers in the face. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is still a wrestling show. Let's remember it, that. It, it, yeah, yeah, um, but apparently people like when I rant about shit. So. <laughs> you are very, you're fired up, I can tell, but, you know, take some solace in that your Cleveland Indians are are sitting pretty right now in, in, in the Central Division. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and Bobby Orlando is the TV champ. So, so you know, not not all bad things this weekend. Ma- magic, magic number 12 for the Guardian, half of the recording. The Mets win tonight. They clinch a playoff spot, and they're up 5 nothing at the time of this recording. Sports. 
Sorry, Morris. What happened with you this weekend? Well, can I, I just said, I. Oh, did you go to the AIW show at the Winchester? I, I went to that one. I didn't go to the one out in Kent. That one at the Winchester was looked like fun. It was very fun. I was very drunk. Was- I have a new meme for you and Ed uh, from Pod Van Dam sitting next to each other with almost like your hands on your heads when uh, uh, I think it was Derek throwing Weird Body or whoever that was into the crowd and and you guys were standing there in a circle. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to hold on to that one from when we when we have a when we need it. <laughs> when we need when it's needed the most. When it's needed the most. That's correct. No, it was a fun show. It went, it went much later because of obviously delays of like yeah. shooting well, for I, the first time on your own. But. Yeah, I will say they did a great job of, of shooting it, though. I mean, the the, Chris, the video was crystal clear. The sound was a little bit tinny. Uh, there was a lot of feedback on a few of the mics, but then they really cleaned it up on night two when they did it out in on Saturday. Uh, so that's, you know, it's it, it's pretty interesting to see uh, a company that has no experience, you know, shooting their own shows actually really go come through pretty big so it was it was very impressive on their part and um you know if they they get a deal with uh with fight or with high spots or whoever i think it's going to be really good for them to uh film their own shows i think they're gonna that'll bring a lot of uh equity to that brand so you know it's, it's good skills to just have in general yeah i think you're right and you should see on the uh on the discord over in aiw they're running the first show and there are a lot of amazing fans on there who work in, I guess, in production and graphic design and whatnot. And they were on top of it, like sending in, you know, uh, tips. And I mean, I was I was pretty impressed reading some of these guys who are all in that industry. It's very cool. It's such a cool like way to to know people. And and that discord is was seemed to be very important that night because they gave up, you know, they really helped them keep that production in line. So that was cool. Okay, well, a lot of a lot of independent wrestling on television this week. We're not going to hit all of it. We're going to hit come to the high point. But let's go ahead and get look and look at what's on this week. Okay, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna hit all the shows here. There between IWTV Guide and Fight, there's like 20 shows airing live this week plus YouTube and things like that. I'm not gonna go over 15 plus shows, yeah, you know, all yeah, you know, all at once here. But hitting some of the highlights, Black Label Pro does have two live streams this week. They will both be on Saturday, one at 4 p.m. Central, and the other at 7:30 p.m. Central. It is their TurboGrap 24. So they have 24 guys and girls in that show? That is correct. 12, 12 first-round matches, and then the remainder part of the tournament on that second show. But it's on the same day? On the same day. Oh, that's they, cool. they, they, they will maybe be an hour between shows. Oh, that's I'm cool. Up. That's some, yeah. So instead yeah. of night one and night two, you get like night one and night A? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, wouldn't that be night one, night A and night B? Or night- <laughs> No, because it's full. <laughs> it, night one they- and night one A? They're being referred to as show one and show two. Okay, that works. Yeah. And just some of the first round matches here again, I'm not going to go over all of them, but you've got Anthony Henry against David Young. They're going to name I haven't heard in a while. David Young. Uh, Levi who's Aaron. that? Whoa, who's David, David Young? David Young, the Georgia independent guy. He actually worked some of the early, the really early TNA show, some of the really early Ring of Honor show. Like, I've not heard that name in probably about 15 years. I'll have to look that up. That's cool. Okay. Levi Everett against Colby Carino, Joshua Bishop against Hoyer Rec, Marco Stunt oh, against Big Rick. Damo is on the card, Eric Stevens against Brian Keith. That's just some of the first round matches. I Sawyer love so Sawyer cool. Rec. I love She's Sawyer Rec. Yes, I, I love Sawyer Rec. That's awesome. What a match that's going to be. I think, I, I think I'm going to have to catch that. Yeah, so that's 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern Time. 
Then the tournament will conclude at 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 Eastern. And assigned for that match, including the, in addition to the ending of that tournament, Calvin Tankman defends the Black Label Pro Championship against Trisha Dora on the second show. Have you, have either of you ever been to one of these Turbo Graps or no? I have not. I have not either. This... I wonder what, that must be a long day. You're going to sit in on that whole show. It's Ooh. a, it's, I got to say, it's a sick reference. Yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan of the Turbo, gra- Turbo Graphics reference. Oh, yeah. What was Marcy? What was that game with the guy with the big head, the caveman eating the everything? The caveman with the bald melon from Turbo Graphics. It was one of their like it was one of their like flagship games. Oh, Bonk! Is that it? Bonk! Bonk's Adventure, yeah. right? Yeah, that yep. game was rad. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that they. I like that whole Turbo Graphics reference. That was a underrated era of video game consoles. But we're doing wrestling, but still. <laughs> okay, you've also got Pro Wrestling Magic with the show on Saturday. Limitless Wrestling has a show on Saturday. West Coast Pro has a show on Saturday. Moving on to Sunday, September twenty fifth. Homofic and I are going to be among those making the trip to Columbus for a big doubleheader. Paradigm Pro for getting heavy hitter four at one o'clock Eastern. Main event of that show is Last Man Standing, Bobby Beverly against Matthew Justice. Plus the uh, heavy hitter tournament, UWFI rule, will be taking place on that as well. And Friend of the show, Gary. Friend of the show, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> and then at five o'clock Eastern time in the same building, the Ohio Wrestling Alliance presents Good Trouble Volume 4. Main event of that show, Trey Lamar, Jamal King, O'Shea Edwards, Anthony Bennett, and Carly Bravo in a ladder match. Rich Kwan against Meyer and Reed on that card. And a lot of good matches on that one as well. So, it's an exciting weekend. Very exciting weekend in independent wrestling. It's yeah, great. That, yeah, and Prestige running Sunday. Galley Lucha running Sunday. And all, kind, all kinds of wrestling on this week. Oh, and, and I'm not, I didn't hit all the shows there. So if you did, if you if you're aware of your favorite show being on, and I didn't mention it, look it up. It's probably there. Show shoot us a text on Twitter. You know, we'll see what's going on. We'll see if we can get that answer for you. Sign those DMs if you think there's a show we should recommend to people. <laughs> to check out. That's right. We have a whole uh, uh, front office uh, over at Home Office who reviews all those DMs. So go ahead and send them. If someone will get to your call. Or your message, uh, we promise. <laughs> All right. Anything, anybody have anything before we get into our review? No, let's do it. The Weekly Review. In our review this week, we are going to go back into the archive. August 4th, 2012, AIW freaking Girls Night Out 7 from Turner Hall in Cleveland, Ohio. I, I don't think I've ever seen Turner Hall with that few people in it or that well lit. If we're being completely honest, but and I have to be honest, I've never seen Turner's Hall. Um, I haven't watched a lot of those, a lot of the old Turner's Hall shows, and I have to be honest, it is a interesting venue to look at. I I gotta say, aesthetically, as far as like AIW venues go, I gotta put it lower on like the ranking list. <laughs> I'd put it below what's, Win- what's... Winchester, maybe below uh, 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 the Wrestle Rager place, uh, No Class. Uh, okay, let's say. Top top five before we get into it, top five AIW venues based on aesthetics. I mean, I love the Odeon. That's number one for me. I think uh, number I think class, two. Class is number one for me. That's a crazy scene. Class definitely could be two or three for me. Um, um, Mount Carmel. It was just the, the vastness of that Mount Carmel. It was very bright. Um, that's why I kind of like the Odeon the best. It kind of gives that old big fight feel. But yeah, I'd say no. I'd say class. I'd say uh, Odeon. I'd say Mount Carmel. That's definitely top three. Yeah, that feels about right. That's someone who hasn't been to Mount Carmel, but I've seen enough enough footage of that sexy tiger. 
that alone puts <laughs> it in the top. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Tadmore Shrine and the little camel motif thing they got going on. I think I was gonna, so I think that's three, that's it, and then four and five would probably be Winchester and uh, the Tadmore Shrine. Yeah, I think that what what gives it for for Winchester is that is that really tight ambiance of like being in a bar watching wrestling. I think Tadmore always always pops me for the uh, carpeted. Uh, a stage that they come out of. I think that's great. Okay, so we're off the DVD release of this show. We start with a bunch of promo. Start with Chet Flecker and Kaki Steffi cutting a promo on their match. And Chet Flecker is like, after you win tonight, I'll take you out. We'll go out to Mel. They got the great sandwich with full pork and fantastic. <laughs> by, by, by the way, big fan, of, big fan of Mel if you're in the Cleveland area. One in Lakewood, one in Independent, like a few other. Pretty much nothing but grilled cheese sandwich and great food. They're, they're free plug but if they would like to pay for us to like if they want they can just pay us in sandwiches right, we'll take a sandwich. absolutely we, if freeze dry it mail it to me i will go over home office's head if i have to on that one <laughs> you know hey, what, nothing I'll, wrong with going out and getting sponsors marcy i think i don't think home office will have a problem with the revenue stream <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they want to spawn for we'll do a live remote from there i'll bring the road cap to we'll just record while we're eating their sandwiches it'll be fantastic <laughs> Oh, that would be great. That's a whole other podcast audience we're going <laughs> to appeal to. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the opening, I miss that in a lot of the AIW releases now is that opening uh, uh, salvo of almost like Saturday Night's main event where everybody gets a little interview beforehand. I think that really does set up the show very well. I wonder if they're, they're now filming themselves if they're going to go back to something like this. That would be cool, actually. That would probably be a good idea because they don't, they don't have to go. There's no time limits for them anymore, unless when they go to fight, if they go to fight, if they go to high spots, if they go open up their own streaming, I guess, paid service, um, you know, if they have times, but it doesn't seem like it. So I think now that they're on their own, they could probably put that back in. Some of the buildings will still have time. They'll have to get out of the battle current building by a current time. But Oh, right. But that, I mean, you could do those in, in pre-production. Right. Yeah, you, could, uh, you could do those before the show even like. Yeah. You don't have to wait for the show to start. All right. Well, everyone, while the match is going, everyone else got promos in the back. Thank I like that. Yeah. All right. So other the other promo we get over the cork of the, over the cork of the opening, we have Sarah Del Rey promo of the Social Network, one with Kimberly, one with Thunder Kitty that is filmed in black and white, which was a fantastic touch. Love that presentation for that. We got one with Mia Yim, one with Heidi Loveless regarding her tag team with with Angel Dust, and then we close off with Athena with the promo montage. Any individual, any of the promos you guys want to talk about in particular? I thought um, Heidi's was uh, was supposed to be some sort of foreshadowing for later on in the night, um, which was once I saw the show, I got it, um, and uh, and I think that was good. I think some of those promos need a little work. Uh, that's why we might not see a lot some of these this talent after uh, in a in a few years. But uh, yeah, it, it got served its purpose. I always think that that's what it would do. I think for me, yeah, the two big standouts as far as the promos went were obviously Sarah Del Rey's and then Athena's. And speaking of Athena, she's going to open up the show against Kathy Steffi with Chet Flecker in the corner. It's one of my favorite matches of the entire show, actually, and they opened with it. It's a uh, good one. Yeah, I mean, Athena, this was her first appearance, right? I believe so. I think they could go on commentary, come to think of it. Yeah, who was that again? Because I, I am not familiar, uh, very familiar. Was it Aaron um, Bauer? Aaron Bauer and Paul somebody. I didn't catch a last name. Right. I couldn't. I was trying to get. I could not figure out who that was. And we do get Wadsworth and the Duke later on at various points too. 
was a, a welcome change, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. Match, definitely. match, match one and two for sure definitely contains a, a little of its time. Um, for every commentary, I kind of had to just like cringe through. Uh, there was a couple of fans there who were who were being pieces of shit as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah they, that, that yeah, they're definitely epic of the show that don't age very well. Yeah, it's it's strange, right? I mean, it's it's you would you know it's you watch like you think, a little. Sorry, go, go on. Mark, sorry. No, I was Mark, saying, you, it's 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 like oh, it's only ten years ago, but it's ten years ago. It's, it feels like even longer ago, you know. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. Don't, so what the attitude error was what five years you know total give or, right give, so, or, give or take probably right not, so probably not even so this is how i knew the attitude error how fast it was over in like 2002 i went to a madison square garden show a monday night row with my buddy and the two of us were cursing and just being general pieces of shit and there were parents sitting right in front of us with their kids and they looked back at us and they were like we brought our kids and the two of us realized those days are over so, like, it's that fast. So you could tell that these guys, those days are gone. Those independent days where, where the guys were just really being garbage. You, you don't do that anymore. Or the fans would get on them and say, you know, shut the hell up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to realize that it was a, 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 a product of, its, of, of the time, I think. There's a lot in wrestling in every era that doesn't age well, though. Like, I, I was watching some, some of the stuff leading up to the first WrestleMania. And come on, the promo that Roddy Piper and Paul Lundorf were cutting would not fly in 2022. But they were saying some really racist shit about Mr. T. It didn't fly in the 90s. It was 85. <laughs> By 91, it didn't fly. <laughs> I, I'd say like 86, it didn't fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that's, it wasn't flying as the words were coming out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah, like, like there's one particular in-call Paul Orndorff used on Mr. T. Then they that in, if you've ever seen Clerk Two, uh, they kind of make fun of using that word. I'm trying to take it back, and I'm like, oh my god, they're on television. They're at like ten o'clock in the morning and complain. Yeah, they they actually that, those were those were some promos on Mr. T. The even the Piper and the half blackface. I mean, that was insanity. Anyway, getting back on track here, the opening match up here, like I said, it probably it's probably one of my favorite matches of the entire card. They open up with a super long collar and elbow tie-up. Like, like probably the first minute, minute and a half of this match is them fighting over this lockup, which is fan, which I thought was fantastic. I mean, you could tell Athena just has it from the second she came out. I mean, she she seemed to be even maybe top three of the most polished on the card, and that's what Sarah Del Rey and you know, I think she just you could just tell she had it as it was going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if that was the first appearance of her. I give her full credit because she, she they said she came from Texas and from wherever they gave they like by way of California, by way of somewhere else. I mean, she just had it. You could just see the minute she came out. Well, it was even in like the promo. She's she just had a confidence in the way she talked that a lot of the other girls didn't at that Definitely. point. Definitely, Yeah. Yeah. The story of this match is Chet Fletcher getting involved when you win next carry and make sure Kathy keep the advantage. Uh, eventually, Athena does take out Chet Fleckner and then hit her finishing move, which at the time was called the Ofei for the pin at 1039. Did they keep that for a while? Did she, I think she kept it as the Oface for a while, actually. I think pretty, it's, pretty it until back, she got nine, I think. Yeah. I think it's back to the Oface in AEW now. It might really? be, actually. I'm like 99% sure the last Dynamite I saw that she was on, they called it that. Interesting. Send, send a correction that I can ignore uh, if I'm wrong. <laughs> 
Okay, so our next match up here announced as a fan a fan choice match. It is Trash Cassidy against Thunder Kitty. Now, if you've never seen Thunder Kitty, her entire gimmick is that she's like a 1940s style women wrestler, like May Young, May Young in her prime type. So Thunder Kitty comes to ringside and Pedro DeLuca, you can kick old wrestling and Alker boy for Thunder I Kitty Gentrant, which was freaking great. As, Turns as, the mic over. Yep. That's my first note is, wow, he really sounds like the old commentator guy. <laughs> he turned the mic over and, a, he, and he went to work. Now, I didn't know that they did this match. It's stuck in the mud, but that's how it, that's how it kind of felt that these two were running in quicksand most of the match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But- yeah, well, I'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, Trash Cassidy does go, I thought I was wrestling Thunder Kitty and not not Mildred Burke. And I'm like, yeah, if there's 50 people in the crowd, 48 of them don't get that reference. But I like it. <laughs> this match, if anyone's wondering, also had pervy commentary for it. Yeah, there was there was too much of that. And I stopped yeah, but- keeping note after this because I think it was just going to make me sad. <laughs> Yeah, I think the next two matches when it's Duke and Wadsworth, you don't really have that. When Aaron Bauer comes back, it's there like the rest of the night. But product again, product of its time. But yeah, a, they do the crisscross spot where both people are running off of all of the guys on the rope. Thunder Kitty stops and Trash Cackley keeps going up for like another minute after that. And that was pretty much the high point of the match because Jay Gold said it looked like they were working in quick hand. They're, they really looked like they were working in slow motion. I actually thought Trash Cassidy was super winded and ga- gassed by like three minutes in, but yeah, she, you ran, know, she I, ran the rope for a minute and a half. Of course, she's winded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not taking into consideration any cardio there, but I felt I felt like uh, there there could have been you know it, it could have sped up a tad. It, it, that that this one I I wish the uh, uh, fast forward kind of worked a little bit better. So yeah, they they they're working around Cassidy trying and failing to use a chair. At one point, the referee kicked the chair to the side, and Wayne Palmer ring side is like removing it from the ring. <laughs> they needed it for the finish. <laughs> Wayne doesn't know that. I'm not faulting Wayne for it, but the referee should have been like Wayne. No. Uh, in the end, Cat Thunder, uh, give me Trash Cassidy trying to hit Thunder Kitty with the chair. Mika hit the top rope, hit herself with the chair. Thunder Kitty gets the pin and kick. I love Thunder Kitty gimmick. I love the presentation. This match was not good. No, but I think this no. was a younger, a younger Thunder Kitty. I've seen her in the last what two, three years, and it's not like that anymore. So, you know, she's her career is, is she's she's different than that at that point. But the gimmick was spot on. It was it, the skills at that point weren't were a little unpolished, so to speak. Yeah, that's that, you know that feels yeah. That's, there's no other way to put it. Right. <laughs> so from there, we have the first tag team match in Girls Night Out history. The Koshal Network of Nikki Kane John and Annie Koshal taking on Heidi Lovelick and Angel Dust. Of course, Angel Dust, friend of the show, now known as Noe Guy, doing, a great, doing great for herself. Heidi Lovelick, you all know, a Groovy Coho, formerly Ruby Riot. I, I got to say, uh, Angel Dust uh, looked, I mean, the, I, I thought that, that I, there couldn't have been a smaller woman in the ring. <laughs> she was so tiny. I, felt, I was like, oh, my God, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah, going guy Angel Dust. She is a short, short lady. Great freaking worker, though. Yeah, I mean now, I, I think I, I think that was another example of uh, a very young and early early skill set. But um, yeah, the the you know this match was fine it, for for a tag team match. It was fine. Yeah. So Heidi is more interested in playing on her phone than actually wrestling. What do you think she was playing on here? This was 2012. 
You're asking me to remember what games were popular ten years ago. I think, was, what... I think I think she's doing words with friends. That's gonna be my guess. She was playing Snake. It was. Farm I think Bill. that was. I think she was using a Nokia. I'm. I'm pretty sure. She, she is having an old Nokia. <laughs> now, it was definitely a smartphone of some description. Well, I'm going to say Farmville, but Farmville. Oh boy. Yeah, also, no. they were referring to her as Miss Heidi, but like uh, also Heidi Loveless. I was very, I was slightly confused by that. Yeah, they kept calling her Miss Heidi. You're right. Yeah. So Angel does did the fake in peril. She had got a cutter for a double down. Then we get the coldest hot tag ever. And by coldest hot tag ever, I mean the social network at Keel had not even made their tag yet. Oh. And Angel Dutt had already tagged in Heidi. And he, she gets like two moves in, immediately tagged back out. <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> like in the confusion, Nikki King John rolls up Angel Dutt for the pin, pick 47. And to the shock of absolutely nobody, Heidi Loveless turns on Angel Dutt after the match and we get the beatdown. Well, yeah, she's on the the social networks of the time, of course she's going to join the social network. <laughs> she was on Foresha- Friendster. Foreshadowing. It was my understanding she had a Friendster account. In 2012? <laughs> I think I Probably. still had one then. My fake was still a thing in 2012, or maybe that. Go yeah. so from there, we get Melanie Krug against Kimberly. This is a pre-Princess Kimberly, yeah. uh, pre-tattooed up Kimberly. Um, I thought she... I thought she looked good here. I thought um, I thought the match was good. I thought Kimberly showed that she had talent. Um, this this I I'm assuming that this is pre Chikara, right? I would assume so. I'd have to look yeah. it up. Yeah, I think 2012 is pre Kimberly Chikara. Um, and uh, but I feel I mean, like her time in Chikara was like after the reboot. Yeah, I'm, I mean she was she was there with Jervis. She was there with um, um, oh she. I, read, had, I mean she. My- by reboot, I mean the shutdown angle. Like in, oh, that, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I thought Kim- she was there during that. Yeah, Kimberly first appearance in Chicago was September of 2014. Came in trio night one, and then that well, was and that was, and that was Prince and Kimberly at that point. So yeah, quite a bit before. Well, I thought the match was good. I thought the size advantage Melanie Cruz was big. Um, you know, bigger than her. Um, you know, I thought Melanie Cruz was good. Whatever happened to her? I've never, I've never heard. Hiding her hair of her after after this is the first I've seen of her. She's still wrestling. Not uh, on TV. Well, I, well, well I, I, let me take that. Yeah, she last match I've got for her was October fifteenth of last year. Ah, oh, okay, but I mean, up until last year, she's still been going. So that's almost another ten years. Yeah, well, she was in AEW at the beginning. She was Mel. She was running around with Brandy Rhodes. Oh, 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 really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, coach. Hasn't been that that long that she would. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to pay big, but she would like lower car there too, but like national. Right. I I know the company that Billy Corgan was running in Chicago in the mid two thousand in the early mid two thousand. She worked for him too at that point. That's where I first saw her. I forget what the name of that company was off the top of my I'm, head. I'm blanking on it too. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. The match is fine. The simple story is yeah. Melanie Krug, a taller woman, trying to use her tie to her advantage. Kimberly quicker, trying to use her speed to her advantage. Finishes Krug making a leg drop off the top and Kimberly getting a roll-up for the pin in NATO 1. Now, that is two roll-ups back-to-back. Usually, you want to avoid that, but I don't know how in-depth they were trying to think of the booking for these shows and well beyond who goes over. So, Right. I think these were just... 
these early girls night out were kind of exhibitions almost. Um, I don't know if the, if the outcomes really mattered that much in some well, of these matches, this one, this is the first one that they talked about in commentary. They had like a point system. Right. Right. But I think in general, uh, some of the matches were, they, they brought up a point system. I mean, did you ever hear of the point system again? I and mean, we could watch the next one and the next one of the girls night outs. And I don't think I ever heard of it again, but you know, that might just be me not, not knowing enough about these, these series of shows. Yeah, I don't remember. I I vaguely remember them instituting the, the rating system, but I don't remember the what the right. I, I don't I don't remember the particular of it. Right, Registon Pro Wrestling. That's the company I was thinking of that Billy Corgan was involved with. Oh, Registon Pro, and that was right around this time. That was two thousand. That was two thousand twelve. Okay, go from there. We have the Pondo Rule match. <laughs> Cranky Mary Dobkin against a little naughty. Uh, Cranky Mary Dobkin. At one point, was a thing with Pondo, which explains the Pondo rule, even though Pondo's not on the show. And basically, it anything go fall count anywhere. They could have just called a fall count anywhere match, and would have been the same thing. And, and if I could say, I love that. Uh, I, my image when I used to collect Pro Wrestling Illustrated and all my magazines, Crazy Mary Dobson was always bleeding. Always, <laughs> every picture of her, she was always bleeding. So they bumped out thumbtacks like thir- like ninety second in. Oh, that's yeah, my notes. Hell yeah, thumbtacks, and then later, and even more thumbtacks. But there's there's something we gotta talk about these thumbtacks that really perplexed me. Why were some of these thumbtacks just in like Tupperware containers? What, were they all thumbtacks though, like of real tacks? Because there was a whole, there was so much. I thought they were like dumping gold sand on each other at one point. Because she went for the splash and the finish and covered her in thumbtacks. I didn't see any thumbtacks in any stomachs or anything. They're the gold-plated ones. They're, I don't know. They do, they do mental damage. <laughs> mental they, and emotional damage. I was going to say, they do emotional damage. <laughs> emotional damage. But why were they in Tupperware? They were, they were, Pondo would do that. Sure, that's what he would do. Who's, who's fucking storing your thumbtacks and Tupperware? Like, <laughs> why, well, why would they be stored in bags? I mean, who cares how they're stored? It's just, it seems excessive is all I'm saying. I'm going to go yes with Marcy. Who puts thumbtacks in Tupperware? That feels more like meticulous. Very, very, uh, very calculated, so to speak. Yeah, not, uh, we get a top rope Rana at one point and Naughty Land flat on her face. Doesn't rotate on the top rope Rana. Said Mary. Uh, Crazy Mary Dobkin getting a centon onto about six billion thumbtacks for the pin, six forty-seven. Because they can get they can get a long, even a long match on top of it. Pretty short. It was yeah. a nice, it was a nice mix of physical and emotional thumbtacks. Yeah, it's correct. And my wife, one of my wife's tech tokens, that emotional damage drive me nuts. But <laughs> I thought it was funny when they first started doing it. <laughs> especially when, especially when. My wife gets her to kind of text, get her text like two o'clock in the morning, and it wakes me up like, God, but damn it, turn your phone on silent. Anyway, after, after the match, yeah, oh, a- after the match, the social network attacks Cranky Mary Dobkin, and then they just stop attacking her and let her up. And Cranky Mary Dobkin's like on her feet, staring at them as they casually walk away from her. Yeah, that was odd, too. That was another That's, look. She's crazy. That's what she do. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks at people. You're not going to fight back. Nobody's going to make a cave. Like, you would have thought if nothing else, Angel Duck would have come back out. But nothing of the court. We go from there. We come back from the intermission. We've got Veda Scott accompanied by Gregory Iron taking on Courtney Rush. My first note, Jiggle's favorite star, <laughs> cutting a promo. 
So yeah. they made so they made some mention on commentary in the previous match that the they were gonna have the final of the intern search, and there's no such thing happening here. You know, I don't know what that was about. Gregory you Iron, had be, you had to be there. I guess <laughs> you had to be there with a very young, beardless Justin Summers. Gregory Iron is cutting a promo. He can call in the fans. One guy in the crowd yelled, at least we can clap, and Greg does a slow clap in response, which was fucking great. That's like the best reaction you can have for that. Okay. We then the, the match then starts. Courtney Rush wants Veda Scott to sign a super legal waiver that basically says Veda Scott won't do Rush what Rush Duplex has got brained out. Yeah. And they, and actually, Pedro read that. Pedro read Pedro read it. They actually get it on camera. It's actually a handwritten on a piece of paper and it says super legal waiver. <laughs> and Pedro read it word for word. They actually showed it on camera. That is correct. Also, for some reason, Veda Scott did want the commentator that was not Aaron Bauer. I forget his name. Not on there. Oh, yeah. She came and had the Duke come back. Thank God. <laughs> I, I, that was kind of a weird dynamic, though. But now you've got two heel co- commentators. That's kind of a well, weird dynamic. But you know I, what don't I, think get... the, I don't think the Duke is necessarily a heel right now. Right. He's, I agree. He has very positive, complimentary things to say. I will say this about the Duke and Wadsworth. They sound... They sound really good back then also. I mean, the Duke yeah. still, he sounds exactly the same. It's 10 years later. He literally sounds exactly the same. And Wadsworth's voice was a little bit higher back then. It's a little bit more um, weathered and gravelly, but he, uh, he, he is still just spot on. Okay, they're in a spot pretty early on where Veda got to a judo throw to Potato. Might be my favorite spot of the match, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably, and we're probably going to get that name bleep, but whatever. I'm going to say, uh, yep. Saw that young fella in there, old Randy. He was in there, Randy the ref. And uh, <laughs> along with, as, as Marcy and I discussed earlier, before I think before we started talking about it, um, a very young and, and handsome Jake Clemens was there. He was such a baby and adorable. He really was. He was just a child back then. Okay, we do get a thought where Rush Teakin doing a dive on to Gregory Iron. Get caught coming in with a with a lumbar of Vader Scott, and this again almost looks like it was in slow motion. Like she stepped through the ropes in order to take the move, and she's just standing standing there with Vader Scott's a little slow to actually hit the move. That's really about my only nitpick with the match, though. That uh, like a really fun match once it gets going, and we do get a lot of couplets. Yeah, the match was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. I'm not a huge Vader Scott fan. I know you know there are people who really do like her. I I don't get I don't get the hype, but. Um, yeah, the match was fine. It was absolutely, it was good for, for that spot on the card, definitely. And yeah, we get a Kamoan drop from Courtney Rush. Just go for the cover. Gregory Iron pulls referee out to the floor. Rush took a shot in on Gregory Iron in response. But that's enough of a destruction for Veda Scott to get the small package for the win. 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Okay, then took a little bit to get going, but once it got going, I enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah. All right, from there, we have a return match from a previous girl's night out. Haley Hatred taking on Cara Del Rey. Oh, I was hyped for this match. Yeah, best match of the night by far. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't I didn't know Sarah Del Rey uh, for a lot of years. And going back and seeing her from 10 years ago, honestly, head and shoulders better than I, I would say every woman <laughs> on this card and in the indies at that point in 2012. I mean, like, holy moly. She was she was next level. Yeah, and that can one of Cara Del Rey's last matches before she... Ended up, ended up switching over to coaching. She only had two magic after the, like a week after the show, she's not wrestling anymore. I mean, she's fantastic. She was like fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, this match is great. It starts off with some nice, good, solid wrestling, and then they start getting a, getting a little bit more fast paced. They start fighting on the floor a little bit. They start you know, getting a little bit rougher as it goes on. I say this gets ugly in all the best kind of ways. Yeah, like it actually got to the point where the match was so good and gone on for so long that I was almost hoping it was a time limit draw. Like they didn't announce the time limit. I was just kind of hoping the bell would ring and they would say the time limit expired. We go to good. And I really well, didn't they, want to see a lo- winner or a loser with it. Funny enough, I commentated. They actually mentioned they didn't have a time limit because they want there needed to be a winner because they felt right. this match was that big. And yeah, lots of suplex variations for near fall. Uh, Delray does spend a lot of time working on Haley Hatred's right arm for the story of the match. Uh, crowd start chaining Vic and Ockham right before the finish, which is Hatred hitting a running Liger bomb on the Cara Del Rey. 17 minutes and 8 seconds. That's really good stuff. Yeah. Like, a part of me that hates the fact that Cara Del Rey did not really wrestle after this, but she's done pretty well for herself and she got she, and she got out of the ring. So, like, probably extended her time in the wrestling business by 5 or 10 years by not wrestling. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, she's so, she was so good. Like, yeah, if you're an aspiring women's wrestler and you get the chance to train under Cara Del Rey at the Performance Center or elsewhere, take it. We then go to our main event. Inside a steel cage for the AIW Absolute Women's Championship. The champion, Alec and Kay, defending against the challenger, Mia Yim. For some reason, the Duke, John Thorne, and Johnny Gargano are a special <laughs> enforcers at ringside. Yeah, I didn't get that. They're just they saying to hang out, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming, especially since the cage, I'm assuming something happened on a previous Girls' Night Out show to cut up the cage, which would also justify the special enforcers. But you've got the referee in the cage, you've got the referee outside the cage, and you've got the cage. Like, how much more do you need to enforce at this point? What was Johnny Gargano called back then? The whole shebang. Right. <laughs> the double he, took. He, he actually had. A, he, by the time he, by the time he was, he got out of the Indies and signed with the NXT. He had like eight nicknames that, that oh. Pedro had to introduce when, when every time he came out. The bees knees, the cat's pajamas, the whole shebang. I can't. He had more after that, but that was like. I think that's the OG ones. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm very also, glad the AIW budget increased because that title belt would look like something actually looked worse than something that would have been made in a high school shop class. Yeah, it was a little bit it was a little bit rough. I like I like the grittiness of 2012 AIW. <laughs> what are the thoughts on the pink cage? I was wondering what first I listen, you know what, Morsi, I got I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. I didn't notice it was pink at first. I'm looking at it going, <laughs> this cage, I'm like. This cage, where'd they get this cage from? Like this, and then I'm like, oh shit, this cage is pink. Like I didn't even notice it. How so did like, I not even see it. Did they just take your like, cage and like spray paint it, or probably there was like a haze over the whole card? So like when I, you know, on on the video, so even just like looking at the screen, I was like, maybe it's just my eye. Then I'm like, holy shit, this cage is pink. I get it. You Girls can't miss it. Yeah, yeah, they, it's the girl call. Yeah, it, 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 it was both, a, little, a little too on the nose. Yeah. It was both a very nice touch and really distracting at the same time. It was distracting. It was hard to watch. Like it, it, if you look similar, like the WWE when they do that stupid red cage, impossible to like keep your eyes focused, like where the talent is, and especially with the pink being very close to skin color, you know, and to to some of the gear color, um, it really is a distracting like just like this distracting film over everything with that they, pink cage. They picked like the brightest pink you could. They didn't do like one of like, a, like a muted, like almost like a hot pink type of thing. 
Right well, apparently, there was enough enough space in Turner's Hall to do a cage, but you can't do one in the Odeon or in uh, or in uh, uh, you know the Shriners or wherever else. The, you know, Tadmore. Bobby, do, do it in the Winchester. <laughs> Only three sides. You use the wall <laughs> as the fourth side. at the Winchester. Okay, it I, becomes a hell in a cell just because of how, <laughs> how short that roof is. <laughs> right, the, the real story is that John Thorne would have to rent K, a steel cage to do a cage match. And I don't think I'll, and I don't think it's worth the expense depending on where you're going with it. But. You're telling me Pedro can't build a cage for them. That guy can do everything. Fuck it. Do it. Do it at class next year. It's outside. It's, yeah. Face, get a cage for an outdoor the- show. Yeah, fake, fake is not the issue. I'm telling you, fake is not the issue with why they don't do cage matches that often. I'm sure it's expensive. I'm sure. Let's let's all start. I'll start like a GoFundMe for I, an I, AIW cage. I can guarantee you it costs a lot more to have a steel cage and does have a ring bell. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's, that sounds <laughs> right. A bell is just a bell. <laughs> a cage is at least four sides. You're telling me you can't YouTube a cage onto a show? <laughs> YouTube a bell. <laughs> How would that wait? How would would it be like a CGI cage? (laughs) Exactly, you CGI it around the ring for on YouTube for people. Did was that in like the budget for when AIW got their own gear? They got a green screen, right? They have someone who's gonna who's gonna you know do some CGI for them. Now I want now I want another team gonna go for broke with a with a green screen for promo. That's not a green screen for promos. a, A go for broke where you put a you have a green screen with for a cage, and then you think they're in a cage as they're filming. <laughs> Good thing I know John Thorne. Look, I'm looking at it. He'd be like, "What the fuck are these guys talking about?" <laughs> That's what he looks like when I talk to him. Most times when I see him, he's like, "What are you fucking <laughs> talking about?" <laughs> All right, go so pinfall, commission, or escape from the cage to win. And Alex and Kay are doing everything she can to get out of the cage, and it's not working. At one point, she is hanging upside down from the top of the cage, and the announcer is telling how dangerous the is. And instead of Mia Yim doing anything, trying to get out the door or trying to do some damage, she's like standing there, like play slapping her, like do something. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most tidy steel cage match, but it was good. Alkin K eventually freed herself from that and hit a high crop, hit a high crop body. Uh, we had a, they end up fighting back to the top of the cage again. And from the top of the cage, Alkin K locked in a triangle choke. She's hanging upside down from the top of the cage from, and on the outside of the cage. Get the tap out at the 15-minute mark to retain the title. Yeah, that was such like a sick visual. So oh, like, okay. I, that it, the rest of the match really doesn't matter. You get that visual at the end. That's all you need. Yeah. Like, like, like honestly, that was the best finish to a cage match I've seen in a long time. That might be a top <laughs> five all-time steel cage match finish. That was great. It- it was very cool, especially in 2012 to see women do that was that's that's very um, progressive as far as, you know, skill set goes and things like that. I mean, that was it was great. I thought that was a cool looking visual, even though what Allison K could have done was just let go and fall into the bottom and escape the cage. But I'll take the tap out. That works. Yeah, I was honestly expecting Mia Yim to be able to fight out of it and Allison K just to fall to the floor for the win. I really wasn't expecting that to be the finish. The tap out was a nice surprise. Right. And hindsight being 2020, I'm glad we got the tap out instead of the fall, but the fall would have been scary and crap. Especially in that building. That floor had to be just solid to land on. They'll make those hardwood floors like they used to. <laughs> they used to make them the last, Marcy. <laughs> Built the last. <laughs> tell tell me about it, Grandpa. <laughs> why why do I why did I get a judge song in my head all of a sudden? Anyway. 
for the three people that are going to get that reference. All right, overall thought of the show, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I- I'm going to say thumbs up. Um, I enjoyed my first foray into uh, uh, Girls' Night Out because I have not watched uh, full episodes of Girls' Night Out. Um, kind of nostalgic and kind of um, different seeing AIW in that setting. So that was cool. So definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, a thumbs up, uh, like at least especially for the last two matches alone. Mm-hmm. Like especially that Sarah Del Rey Haley Hatred matches. That was like that match to me made the show. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go a slight thumbs up. And honestly, not it's the last two matches that are making it a thumbs up. And I think I probably even would have gone thumbs in the middle had Sarah Del Rey and Haley Hatred not been as good as it was. Like there's good stuff, there's good stuff on this show, but there goes a lot of stuff that just yeah, either didn't age well, like the commentary or some of the stuff was too short to mean anything, that kind of thing. But overall, I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, you get the gist of it. You, you know, you you and I think looking at it from from lenses that we look at it now, knowing what AIW is and what they try to do, um, you know, I wouldn't the, the, some of that stuff. Yes, yeah, is a product of its time. And I kind of just, you know, it kind of just rolls. You just either turn the sound down or, you know, fast forward. So. All right. With that, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. Mark, do you have anything to plug? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eGirlFanboyBoy, spelled B-O-I. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFanboy, which if you're listening to this on Wednesday before 8 o'clock, we'll have a live recording of X-Over with special guest Austin from If You Catch My Grift, and we'll be talking about Batman and Robin. Yes. <laughs> I So I still have not watched the movie. I'm watching it tomorrow. I'm kind of dreading it, but I'm kind of also excited. Love it. It's great. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. Nipples. Nipples on the bat suit. That's more every every suit needs more nipples. <laughs> All right. You can follow me on Twitter at refjhawk, Instagram at jhawk1539, twitch.tv forward slash refjhawk for all your WWE 2K22 streaming needs. Actually, got a couple of Epic of my 1984 Universe Cup this weekend. Had some fun with that. I'm up and running that. And if you want to see me in person, I'm not working the show, but I will be in Columbus for that Paradigm Pro OWA doubleheader. So if you see me, come and say hi. It won't be hard to find me. I'll be having some kind of IWTV gear on, IWTV guide gear on. So. Okay, and I, I will be – you can find me on Twitter at jgold12. Tomorrow I will be in the office. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about the merch store over at Brain Buster Tees. Um, give a listen to our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast. If you catch my grip, the A Show at Odds with Wrestling, X Over with our own Marcy. The card is going to change. Uh, listen to go and check out our other friends, the official graphic designer of IWTV Guide, JCP Designs, PWPonderings.com, Time Capsule Toys, Toy Ohio, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, and Kayfabe Collectibles, the Florida office. Uh, that's all I got for this week. Hope everyone's going to have a great week. Thanks, Jay Hawk. And at the late great Bobby to bring him in one head. Hawaii, the 50th state? I thought it was a cover of Guam. Oh have a good boy. night. Have, have, a, have a good night, everybody. Kapori Independent Wrestling. See ya. Bye.